Thanks for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we invite people to belong before they believe. If you want to know more about who we are, what we do, or if any of our messages have impacted your life and you want to partner with us by giving into this ministry, we invite you to visit our website at victory.church. Now, let's check out this week's message from our Edmond Campus pastor, Wade Smith. How are we doing this morning, Victory Church? I want to welcome those online. We're so thankful that you're here today. In fact, I also want to welcome our Edmond campus. Help me welcoming our Edmond campus today. I miss you. Um, I just was talking to someone that said, we thought you would be in Edmond and we'd, and, and we'd get you online. So I'm excited to be here today and excited that I can join Eben via technology today. I wanna to welcome uh, Pastor John is watching this morning. Can we welcome Pastor John? We're so thankful for Pastor John, our lead pastor, and he is um, taking some time to write. And he's got a book that's coming out and I'm so excited about it. And he has a, seri- a season coming in August that you're not going to want to miss. Well, we've been in this strength season. Have you enjoyed it so far? It's been so good. It's been so good, and today I want to continue in this. I want to start in Joshua 1, 1 through 9. Would you read this with me today? It says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord, spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on the land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you, and I will not abandon you. I think he's saying that to somebody this morning. Be strong and courageous. Say, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Say, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate, it, meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now that is a promise. That is a promise that I think is not just applicable to Joshua, but for those of us who are in Christ Jesus that have given our lives to him, that follow him, It's the very same thing for us, that he will be with us wherever we go. So today, the title of today's message is Joshua's Strength, 
finding strength beyond ourselves. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you. God, we thank you for today. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would be with us in this very moment. We ask that you would bring conviction where there needs to be change. We ask that you'd bring encouragement where there's disappointment. Holy Spirit, I, I ask that you would bring peace where there's fear, joy where there's pain. And I pray, Lord, that you would change us. Holy Spirit, would you change us? We want to leave these doors today different, encouraged, inspired, and changed in Jesus' name. And everybody said? And everybody said? And Edmund, everybody said? Amen and amen. June 16th, 2008. Nurse comes in and tells my wife and I that we are discharged. We will be leaving with our first son, Jackson Wade Smith, and we would be entering, um, we would be leaving the hospital and entering an entire new world. Who has been here before? I remember the overwhelming feeling when the nurse began to speak because I just thought we were gonna hang out on vacation for the rest of our lives at the hospital. The nurse would, nurses would take care of my son and we would just be able to have him when we want to. I remember the nurse came in for the first time and says, do you want us to take your son? He had been crying for an hour and I said, absolutely, go take him for a little bit. The nurse comes in and tells us we're gonna be taking him and we go downstairs. You've, if those of you who are parents, you probably remember this moment. And we go, we walk, I pull up the car and we begin to load my son in his car seat for the very first time. They had to tell me that I had actually installed the car seat wrong and we had to reinstall it. Anybody been there before? So we install the car seat correctly this time and we begin to, to put my son in his seat and we strap him up and the nurse waves goodbye and I think to myself, what are we doing? We load him up and I start to pull out of the parking lot and the parking lot, I'm going probably two miles an hour outside the parking lot. I get to the street and there's one car about a mile away and I allowed that car to pass. <laughs> and I drove a whole 35 miles an hour for five miles. It took us two hours to get home from the hospital that day. I was overwhelmed with the idea that this life was dependent upon me. You ever been there? That maybe you're a business owner and you wait, you stay up at night because you're overwhelmed with the idea that lives depend upon you. Maybe you're a parent and you have this overwhelming feeling that these lives depend upon you. Maybe, I don't know what it is for you, but, but I think to myself, that had to pale in comparison to the way Joshua must have felt in that moment when God says to him, Moses is gone and now you're in charge of these people. Can you imagine? Joshua had been number two. Joshua had been the assistant and now Moses is gone and God says to Joshua, you're about to lead these people in to the promised land. And so I, I think to myself, he had to have been 
overwhelmed. He had to have been thinking to himself, there's no way this, this is gonna work. And so God begins to paint. I love this, this, these few verses in Joshua. It's verses six through nine because what God begins to do is God begins to give Joshua some instructions on where he's gonna find his strength. Because in that moment, like I felt when I was pulling out of a parking lot, I felt very weak. And maybe for some of you today, maybe you're online and you couldn't even get to church today or maybe you're sitting in Edmond or maybe you're right here in this very moment and you just was barely able to get yourself to church because you just feel weak. I want us to be encouraged today that we can find strength beyond ourselves. That actually, if you're, listen, listen to me. If you're in a place of weakness, that's actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that's actually a good place to be because now, in this moment, at this place, you're not gonna find strength in yourself, but you can find strength beyond yourself. So let's look at verse six again. Verse six begins to paint this picture of where we can find our strength because he says this. He starts by saying, be strong and courageous. Say, be strong and courageous. For you are the one. You're the one. You're the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Point one, if you're taking notes today, is this. God instructs Joshua to gain strength from his promise, from his promise. See, this promise that, that, that he is um, reminding Joshua of is a promise that goes far beyond Joshua. It goes all the way back to Abraham. When, Abraham, when he said, I'm gonna give you on all your descendants, he's talking about the promised land. He's talking about the land of milk and honey that Moses sends the spies out, that Joshua was one of the spies. He's talking about this land. They have heard about this land for, for a very long time. The Israelites, when they left Egypt, had wandered in the, the wilderness for 40 years, dreaming about, thinking about this very moment. And Joshua must be thinking to himself, I don't know if I can do it. Because I don't know about you, but anytime God gives some instruction, anytime God gives me an assignment, anytime God gives me something that I'm supposed to do, I, I'm always met with two things. I'm met with excitement followed by insecurity. I remember the very moment that, that God called me to ministry. I remember the place I was sitting. I remember the, 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 the atmosphere of the room. I remember kids were throwing stuff on stage. I remember all the things that were happening that day. And I was just a volunteer thinking to myself, I was already overwhelmed and already over my head as a volunteer. And I remember the very moment that God spoke to me and I forgot what the pastor was saying. I forgot what was happening around me. And I remember this moment where it was just me and God. You ever had kind of those moments before? Or it's just you and the Lord and he's speaking to you and he's ministering to you. And I remember that moment that he told me I wasn't gonna play soccer anymore because that was my plan. And he literally said this, you're gonna hang up the boots, which meant soccer shoes because we just, we'd like to be cool like that. You're gonna hang up the boots and you're gonna pick up the microphone. And I thought to myself, no way. First of all, I was excited like, wow, God, would you use me that way? I mean, me? 
I know me. Anybody know yourself a little too well? You talk to yourself because you know yourself a little too well. And I remember thinking to myself, there's no way. See, anytime that God wants to send an instruction or a plan or, or a, a, a thing, something that he wants to do with your life, the enemy wants to remind you of every reason why you can't do it. And there comes the insecurity because the enemy's identity is insecurity because he's a liar. And he wants to lie to you and he wants you to believe the things that are untrue. But there's a strength beyond ourselves that we can find anytime. I remember the moment that God called me to be the campus pastor of Edmond and I love Edmond. Don't you love Edmond? I love Edmond. God's doing some incredible things in Edmond right now. God is moving. And I remember the day that I was, found myself similar to, to Joshua where Pastor John was given an assignment to be lead pastor and Pastor John calls me one day and says, hey, I need you to step up and be the campus pastor. And I remember this excitement because I thought about not, not necessarily the Edmond campus, but I had thought about being a campus pastor for a very long time. I, I knew that God had a plan for my life. I knew it wasn't to be a youth pastor my whole life. I'm not against the youth. I love the youth, but I, I was tired of 13-year-old boys. There's a point in every pastor's life that you are speaking to youth and you realize you are not relevant anymore. And I realized I had less hair on my head and I was not as cool as I used to be and I just wasn't working anymore. And so I remember speaking to youth and I remember, and I remember this moment where Pastor John calls me and I was excited and then I was insecure. I remember thinking to myself, man, I'm gonna be, can I be, can I be just really vulnerable with you guys today? I remember thinking to myself, but the people love John. What are they gonna think of me? You know, sometimes I think it's, I'm, I, don't, I don't know that there's an easy step into leadership in any way there is, in, in any way, but, but, Sometimes I wonder if it's actually harder to follow a good leader than it is a, a bad leader. Because with a bad leader, you can come in, you can make a few changes, you can get the staff together, you can, you can call them together, hey, we're gonna do this, we love you, give them some attention, and everybody gets on board. Uh, uh, you follow a good leader, and everybody's like, who is this guy? And I had a great relationship with the staff, but I was always number two. I didn't know how they were gonna respond to me. I remember one day, just a few months after I started, I remember Pastor Cameron at our, at our Eben campus, he came up to me, we were just talking, and he said something really um, important to me that he has no, he probably doesn't remember this conversation, he's hearing this for the first time right now. But he said, he goes, man, it's really cool how quickly the staff has come under your leadership. He had no idea that he was affirming an insecurity that the enemy was trying to tell me that the staff would never follow me because they love Pastor John. They don't want you, Wade. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That when God gives us an assignment, when you've got something in front of you that God wants you to do, and many of you do, and if those of you who don't know it, there is one, you just don't know it yet. 
That anytime you have a plan on your life, a call on your life, something that God wants to do, there's gonna be an enemy that's want, that wants to come and tell you every reason why. But can I just encourage you today that there's a strength that you can find in your weakness and it's beyond yourself. It is beyond yourself. And some of you are faced with the insecurity. Can I speak to the single mom for just a second? I know how my wife feels and she's got the support of me. I can't imagine a mom trying to do it by herself. But can I tell you, you can find a strength beyond yourself. There's a strength that you can have beyond yourself. And let me just remind you for a second, you can do it. You can do this. Can I talk to the business owner for just a second that you feel like this economy is crashing your business? There's somebody that I'm talking to today, maybe you're online, maybe you're sitting in this room, maybe you're at the Eben campus, can I remind you just for a second that you can find a strength beyond yourself, that your whole heart is to lead your company with integrity and you don't wanna veer to the right or to the left and you wanna be focused in on God, can I just remind you that when you continue that path, you can get through this, there's a strength that you're gonna find beyond yourself. Can I speak to the teacher that's about to start school that you're like, I don't know if I can do another year? Any teachers in the house? That's what I'm talking about. You know what, and they raise it with authority. They're like, yep, that's me. One more year, counting down my days. Can I remind you of the very moment that you were called to be a teacher, you couldn't wait to graduate college to, to step into the life that you have right now? that there's a strength beyond yourself, and that kid that's gonna drive you crazy this year is gonna be the best kid leaving that school year. You're gonna do something in someone's life, in some kid's life, that's gonna change the trajectory of their entire life. I don't know what you're facing, I don't know what God has called you to, I don't know how hard it is, but what I do know is there's a God that we can lean on for strength beyond Ourselves, say beyond ourselves. A strength that's beyond ourselves. We all face insecurity because insecurity is, it is what the enemy wants us to, to feel because if he can get us to be insecure, then we lose our identity. You know what your identity is? It's not a teacher, it's not a mom. It's not the business owner. Your identity is a son and daughter of the living God. You're a child of God. And so here's what God begins to do in the five verses. That's what I love about God is he always addresses, he always addresses, he knows us. So before he ever gets to the instruction in verse six, he begins to deal with the insecurities of Joshua in the first five verses. Let's read those again. It says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, after the, uh, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He's speaking directly to him. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. So he's telling him what he's about to, what he's gonna do. He gives him the assignment, but then he says this, and this is really, really important. 
He says, I promise, say promise. I promise you what I promised Moses. I promise you. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on the land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north to the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. And he says some really important words that we all need to grab today because these are for all of us. He says, I will not fail you and I will not abandon you. I will not fail you and I will not abandon you. You know, every single time that I feel insecurity, every single time that I've had that transition where I went from being just a volunteer to a youth pastor, from being a youth pastor to a campus pastor, every single time, you know what I've had to do? Every single time when I felt like quitting, because there's been times, every single time when I felt like I wasn't good enough, I remember the first time that I was called to speak on this stage. I remember I was, well, the first time that Pastor John asked me to speak, I was so excited and then I was so insecure. Every single time I've had, you know what I've done? I've gone back to the moment when I was sitting in that room as a volunteer. I go back to the moment where God said to me, you're gonna hang up the boots and you're gonna pick up the mic. And he said some other things to me that I'm just not gonna share because that's for me and God. I go back to that moment and I feel that moment and I'm reminded about a promise that God placed on my life. Let me just tell you for just a second, you need to remember the promise that God has over your life. And if you don't know what that is, you need to find it in his word. But can I just show you one for just a second? I will not fail you and I will not abandon you. Jesus says this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Can we be reminded for just a second of the promise of God that no matter what goes on, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how hard it gets, no matter what goes on with this economy, no matter what takes place in future elections, no matter what's taking place in our political system or how weird this world gets. Because it's weird, is it weird? It's getting weirder every day. I just wanna remind you for a second, he will not fail you and he will not abandon you. I wanna remind you for a second that just like I talked to that teacher, I wanna to talk to you. Listen, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, no matter how big that mountain is, no matter what it feels like in Edmond, no matter what is going on right now, right now, can you just receive this for a second? That he will not fail you and he will not abandon you. He will not let you down. He has not done that yet and he will not do that in the future. Yeah, we can celebrate that. That's worth celebrating. Because we serve a God who is good. And we serve a God who is faithful. It says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed, he will not change. He's not gonna change with you. We always think we're the exception. That's what the enemy wants you to think. Yeah, I get all that, I know all that, but you don't know me. No, God knows you. And in the midst of him knowing you, he sent his son to die for you. 
That alone in itself should be an encouraging word that you can walk through this day. So the next day, tomorrow, tomorrow, you're gonna get up in the morning and you're gonna have a different perspective because you're gonna remember the promise that no matter what is taking place, that your God will not fail you, he will not abandon you, that he is with you, that you can get through it. Joshua had to find strength in the promise that God had made his people and the calling that had been placed on his life. He had to be reminded, God said, listen, before I even give you the instruction, I need to remind you of one thing, and that's this. Yeah, you're gonna be the one to lead him, but guess what? This is a promise that goes way back beyond you. And wherever you set your foot will be the land that I've given, not just you, but to your people. That's good, that's good. First, uh, second thought is this, is that Joshua 1, 7 through 8 says, be strong and courageous, be careful. Say be careful. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left, then you'll be successful in everything. Who wants to be successful? I think it's interesting that he's talking about his instructions, and he says, do not deviate from them to the right or to the left, then you will be successful. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night, so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. The second instruction that God gives him, God instructs Joshua to gain strength from his word. So he first starts by giving him a promise and says, listen, you have to remember this promise. The second thing he says is, you gotta study my word. You gotta know my word. And this is where we can, um, this is the, the part that he assigns him that is, um, a responsibility that, that was placed on Joshua. The first one's just a reminder. It's like, I need you to, I need you to be reminded. I've done this already. God, God says, I've done this. I've already promised this to your people. This instruction I need you to do. This is your assignment. This is your instruction. I need you to, to stay in my word. I need you to know the instruction. See, there, in, in the Pentateuch, the, the first five books of the Bible that he's talking about in this moment, there's 613 instructions. I think it probably takes meditation to know all that. I'm so thankful that, that Jesus came and we don't have to live by the law, but we're so, we're so free in the grace that we have in Jesus Christ, that we're not living by 613 commands. But he reminds Joshua, listen, you're gonna have to understand this. You're gonna have to know this. Psalm 119, 105 says this. It says it this way, your word is a lamp and a guide to my feet and a light to my path. I promised it once and I'll promise it again. I will obey your righteous regulations. I've suffered much, oh Lord. Restore my life again as, I prom as you promised. Lord, accept my offering of praise and teach me your regulations. My life constantly hangs in the balance, but I will not stop obeying your instructions. The wicked have set their traps for me, but I will not turn from your commandments. Your laws are my treasure. I love that picture, that his word is a treasure to us. You know, you know what's interesting about a treasure is you have to go find it. That if you want a word from the Lord, that it's not just something that's just gonna come, you have to dig for it, you have to find it. That it's a lamp, that's a light. He's giving these, these pictures, Joshua, listen, I'm sure that Joshua every day before he went to bed and as he woke up in the morning, 
realized that he needed God's word. See, we often wonder where God's presence is. Can I just remind you for a second that if you don't know where God's presence is, one, it lives inside of you, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But two, if you, wanna, if you want some time with God, just open up his word. It's there. You wanna have a conversation with God, just open up his word. I love what Pastor Jimmy Evans says. He says, we don't read the word, the word reads us. Every time I get in the word, God reminds me of something. Every time I get in the word, God challenges me, challenges me with something. Every time I get in the word, I, I, I can see clear. I have more peace. Anybody like this? He's reminding Joshua in this moment. He says, listen, he instructs him, listen, you're going to need some strength. And where you're going to find this strength is in understanding my instructions, to meditate on it day and night, to know my word. I, th I think it's interesting, though, because there's... there's there's some words that he starts with that is interesting, and it always um, catches me when I see these words. It says, be strong and very courageous. Right after that, he says, be careful. Isn't that interesting? I, I started to, to process these two words. Be care why, why would he tell him be careful? You only use the words be careful because it's important. But there was two things that really stuck out to me. Now, these are my opinion. So if you disagree with me, that's okay, but you have to listen to me. The first reason why I think he says be careful is this, because it's easy to forget your God when you have finally possessed your promised land. I don't know about you, but when I'm going through something difficult, for whatever reason, it's easier for me to seek God. Now, it shouldn't be that way, but, but it, it is that way oftentimes in our lives. When I'm going through something challenging, I, I'm, I'm ready to pick up my word. I'm ready to, to dive in. I'm, I'm wanting his prayer. I'm calling out to him. I'm crying out to him because it's difficult. I need him. And he knew that Joshua was about to go through these battles, and Joshua understood what was about to happen. So I think it may have been easier for Joshua in those moments to meditate on his word, to, to keep that in front of him. But he knew at some point... He was gonna possess his promised land. Some of you, you've been going through, you went through trial after trial after trial, but right now life is good. And can I just remind somebody today that sometimes it's easier to seek God when it was difficult, but because things have gotten good, it's been easier to just dismiss or not get in his word. It's easier sometimes to forget who God is when you've possessed your promised land. So he's reminding him, before you ever get there, listen, don't ever forget that you are to meditate. I don't care if it's good, I don't care if it's difficult, I don't care if it's challenging, whatever you are going through, no matter what season you're going through, meditate on my word day and night. The second reason I think is this, is because if we don't meditate on his word, we can't tell truth from lie. You know, in 2 Timothy, it says this. 2 Timothy, it says, <clears throat> for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and they will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. 
They will reject the truth and they will chase myths. Is that, when, is that the world we live in right now? And my fear is, is that the enemy is such a good liar and he's so subtle that if we're not careful, someone will tell us that scripture, but if we're not in the scripture, we won't know. We won't. And there's been people that have lied to you. There's been, listen, I, I would encourage you, and Pastor John encourages you to, to, back, to go back and read. That's why we give you the scripture references, and that's why we put the notes on you version. That's why we have them on the screen, because we want you to, to, to check what we're saying. You should just never take someone's word as the word of God. That's for you to dig. That's why it's described as a treasure. Because that's for you to go after. And there's something on the other side of it that is gonna be a treasure to your life. You're gonna find out more about who you are. You're gonna find out more about who God is. You're gonna find out more about your situation. You're gonna be reminded of story after story after story after story of someone that went through something really challenging and came out on the other side of that. So if you're going through something challenging, you can be encouraged by their story and by their situation. I'm just telling you, we have to meditate on his word. We're entering, we're in, we're not just entering, we're in a time right now where there's, there is no truth. And Pastor John, listen, Pastor John's about to, in August, go through an entire season about this. So I don't want you to miss it, because it's gonna be important. But I just wanna tease you for just a second on this. Listen, we're in a, we're in a season, we're in a time right now where we have to know the, more, the word more than any other time. Those of you who are parents, you have a really big responsibility in your life to teach your kids the word of God. Don't just rely on the church. We have an amazing youth pastors. We have an amazing youth ministry, but that's to partner with you. It's not to do it for you. As a parent, that is our, our main responsibility is to make sure that our kids know and love the word of God. Don't just beat them with it, but let them love it. Because they're gonna be the ones, I believe, that bring Jesus back. Listen, they're gonna be the ones that, that, that go into their schools and they look different, go into their sports teams and they look different and people ask them why and they can't explain it. I'm gonna tell something that, that I haven't, we haven't told really anybody in my family, and I'm not saying this to brag, I'm just telling you, like, kids can make big decisions. We just don't let them sometimes. My 14-year-old son's been playing soccer since he was three years old. He's part of one of the best clubs in the country. We've taken pride in this. I played college soccer, so it's like my son's doing what I did. It's awesome. And he goes to camp, this last, this last camp, Back, go backwards just a little bit further. My, my wife and I had gotten to a place where we just started to pray, God, if this is the path you want for my son, then, then awesome, because I believe God can use sports. I'm not against sports, okay? I believe God can use sports, and so he used sports in my life. He taught me leadership. I, was, I had to be the captain my junior year and lead seniors in, in college, and I was in this challenging situation, so it, it brought out these things in my life, so I get that. But at the end of the day, the last thing I want is my son chasing something that I had. And so my son comes back from camp and he says to me, he actually calls me from camp. And he's in tears. 
He tells me a couple things. He says, Dad, I think I'm supposed to quit soccer. And I said, I'm so proud of you. Here's what he said. I miss too many Sundays and I don't want to miss Wednesdays, Dad. Man, we gotta let our children begin to love the word of God. He's been in this word every single day since. Now, I don't want camp to just be some emotional decision, but I'm seeing this pattern taking place in his life. Listen, parents, it's the most important thing that we do is not that we raise up pro soccer players, <laughs> that we raise up kids that love God and love his word. So he tells him to find strength from his promise. He tells him to find strength from his word. And the third thought is this. God instructs Joshua to gain strength from his presence. I don't know about you, but I loved worship this morning. Was worship so good this morning, worship? It was just this moment where I, just, I was just feeling the presence of God. Listen, things change in the presence of God. You want a breakthrough to take place in your life? Enter into the presence of God. And that, can I remind you for a second, because this is where theologically it gets a little weird at times, because we invite God's presence. There's, 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 there's a twofold to this. Sometimes God's presence can fall on a place, but at the very same time, God's presence lives on the inside of us. So sometimes, listen, sometimes it's that we need an environment like this to feel this overwhelming weight of God's presence and sometimes we just need to be reminded of the revelation of the promise that Jesus said he'll leave us with something greater the Holy Spirit so at any given time you have the presence of God at any given time Right now, in just a moment, we're gonna, we're gonna have a time where, where we're gonna allow the Holy Spirit to just kind of fall and rest on us. So that happens, and at the very same time, you can be driving to work and realizing that the presence of God is right there with you in that moment. You could be having a difficult conversation as a teacher with the kid at school, and in that very moment, the presence of God is with you. It's an awareness that we need. And so Joshua, so God says, listen, I need you to remember that I've always promised that I'm gonna be with you wherever you go. I need you to be in your words so that you know it. And whenever you're in it, you're gonna find your strength. Because my strength is found from my presence. Many of you know my story. I've passed a lot of kidney stones. Anybody? Anybody, does anybody not know that about me? <laughs> Nobody raised their hand. I always say this, and I always say I'm not gonna say it, but I go ahead and say it. If I would have known, if I would have had forethought, I would have kept them and made a necklace for my wife. Some people were already looking at me like, don't say that. I don't know why I have to say that, Jerry. Anytime I'm going through something difficult, God always wakes me up at three o'clock in the morning. 
And at first, because I like to sleep, I try to resist it. But I find myself in my living room with a pitch black house, the only time in my life that my house is quiet, because I have four kids. My last kid made it very clear that we are absolutely done. Anybody have a kid like that? Some of you are like, that was my first kid. So my, my house is quiet. Some of my best moments have been in moments of kidney stones. In the presence of a God who cares about me, who loves me, who said, I love you so much that I just needed to wake you up at three o'clock in the morning because I wanna spend time. You know, it's, it's really easy, especially in the United States, because we think we have persecution and I think even more persecution's coming. But it's nothing like it is in some parts of the world. It's very easy for us to go through our day. It's very easy to, to wake up at the same time, have the same breakfast, say the same thing to our spouse, kiss our kids on the forehead like we always do, go to a work to get annoyed by a coworker, <laughs> to drive home in traffic that we hate, to get home to a crazy house and to go to bed and to miss that the presence of God has been with us all day long. It's not that you need the presence of God, you have the presence of God. Will you be aware of it? Because can I remind you for a second, that day that seems so mundane can be like no other day in the history of the world. Every day can be new in the presence of God. Every treasure can be new in his word. Every Every moment where we're weak can be new in God's presence. Why do I miss it? I do. I have days where I miss it just like you. Can we just make, make it determine in our lives that, listen, we're not gonna miss it anymore. I'm not gonna wake up at the same time to say the same things, to do the same thing, to miss the very presence of God. As a pastor, we have meetings, we have things, we have stuff to do, and I, as a pastor, can miss the presence of God, and this is what I do for a living. So I know it's easy for you as well. Joshua, listen, I love I think the reason why God chose Joshua to lead the people was not just because he was the assistant to Moses and he was next in line. And I hope that's not why God chose me to be the campus pastor after John. I think it's because God saw a man who loved the presence of God, 
Check this out. I love this. Let's go back to Exodus. This is when Moses is still around. This is found in chapter 33. It's 1 through 11. It says, The Lord spoke to Moses, Go leave here, you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt, to the land I promised to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Isaac and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your offspring. I will send an angel ahead of you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hamanites, the Jebusites, all the ites. Go up to the land of milk and honey. So he's talking about this same place. He says, but I will not go with you because you are stiff-necked people. Otherwise, I might destroy you on the way. When the people heard the bad news, they mourned and then put on their jewelry. For the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites you are stiff-necked people. If I went with you in a single moment, I would destroy you. Now take off your jewelry and I will decide what I want to do with you. So the Israelites remained stripped of their jewelry on the Mount of Horeb. Onward. Now, this is what I love. Check this out. It says, Now Moses took a tent and set it up outside the camp, far away from the camp. He called it the tent of meetings. Anyone who wanted to consult the Lord would go to the tent of meeting that was set up outside the camp. Whenever Moses went into the tent, went out of the tent, all the people would stand up, each one at the door of his tent, and they would watch Moses until he entered the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and remain at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak, to, speak with Moses. As all the people saw the pillar of cloud remaining at the entrance of the tent, they would stand up and bow and worship, each one at the door of his tent. The Lord spoke with Moses face to face. Isn't that cool? Man, just as a man speaks to a friend. It says, then, I love this, then Moses would return to the camp but his assistant, listen, this is very subtle, but you have to catch this. But his assistant, the young man, Joshua, son of Nun, would leave, would not leave the inside of the tent. How many times have you read that and missed it? I think God may have been saying, in that moment, Here's a man who loves my presence. So much that Moses has done. I've spoke to him face to face. I'm not saying anything against Moses. Moses had this incredible relationship with God, but Moses would leave. And you know what? What was interesting as I was reading this, it doesn't say that the people were in awe of what God was doing. They were intrigued with Moses. Joshua was intrigued with God. You see the difference? When Moses would go in, they would take note. They would take note of what Moses was doing. Joshua wouldn't leave the tent because God's presence had been there. For some of you, listen, for some of you, church is gonna exit and you're just gonna hang. You're just gonna stay in the presence of God and you're gonna connect with a prayer team member at Edmund or here because you just need the presence. You don't wanna leave the presence of God. I think God looked down on Joshua and said, I'm assigning this man, this man. This man is gonna be the man that leads my people in the promised land that dates all the way back to a promise that I gave to Abraham because he loves my presence. Listen, we can find strength in the presence of God. And let me just remind you for a second. It doesn't matter if you're a teacher, 
It doesn't matter if you're a single mom. It doesn't matter if you're a business owner. It doesn't matter if you're unemployed. It doesn't matter whatever the insecure, whatever thing is in front of you right now, nothing else matters but the presence of God. Paul describes it like this. He calls it a weight of glory. So can I remind you for just a second, there's no other weight that you're supposed to, to worry about other than just the weight of God's presence. You don't take on the weight of your insecurity. You don't take on the weight of of that pressure. You don't take on the weight of that task in front of you. You take on the weight of God's presence. I love this story. Just real quick, I I gotta say, I gotta share this quick story of Joshua because we gotta fast forward. We've been in Joshua one, we skip forward to Joshua five. He's about to go and fight at Jericho. We all know the story of Jericho. Found in verse 13 through 15, it says, when Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with sword in hand. And now you can see the type of person Joshua was. He was a strong person. He says, Joshua went up to him and demanded, are you friend or foe? Like this should be a movie, right? Neither one, he replied. I'm a commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua failed with his hands and face to the ground in reverence, I'm at your command, Joshua said, whatever you want, your servant will do. The commander of the Lord's army said, take off your sandals, for the place you are standing is holy. And Joshua did what he was told. For just a moment, in Edmond, even online, right where you're at, right here in Oklahoma City, I'm gonna encourage you for just a second to mark the moment, this place where you stand, where you sit, where you kneel today is a place of holiness. I want you to forget about the weight of your struggle. I want you to forget about the weight of the task in front of you. And for just a moment, I want us to experience not just the presence of God within us, but the presence of God that can fall upon us. And maybe for you, You haven't been in God's presence for a long time. Maybe you've been missing it. Maybe you haven't experienced it for just a second. Can you just experience the presence of God? And Kevin and Stephen at the Eben campus are gonna lead us in just a moment. Let's just experience all that God has for us today. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for who you are. God, we love your presence. We want more of your presence. God, would you speak to us? Would you do something that only you can do in this moment? go far beyond any words or any teaching that I can do. And Holy Spirit, would you, would you work on our hearts today? Would you encourage us? Would you challenge us? Would you heal us? Would you change us? In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us here today for this week's message. And here at Victory Church, we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond ourselves, and be transformed. And this can only happen through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this message or any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us by giving into this ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at victory.church/give. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.